Welcome to the Weekend Wrap-Up. This is Zoe, the work-study student here at KLRC. If you're like me, sometimes you don't catch things as they're happening on the air, but that doesn't mean you have to miss out. Here's some highlights from Mark and Christie's morning show, Isaac and Robert from Middays, and the drive home with Anson and Kara. Let's see what they've been up to this week. Have you reached a point yet where the young people around you seem to be speaking a different language, using all kinds of new slang that make no sense? Well, Christy is on a mission to learn it all. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I mean, I'm good. I mean, I'm feeling valid. (laughs) What? You're feeling valid? I'm working on my vocab, okay? Are you uh, are you amping up your vocab a little bit? Yeah, you know. Is that what like all the this, kids are saying today? This generation, Valid? yeah. I'm just okay. trying not to be sus. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to be throwing out some words to you today. I do want to share oh, yeah. here in a little bit. You um, amping up your cool mom game? Here? I'm trying to. Okay. Yeah. That song really slaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that is that your slang term you're trying to learn? You were talking earlier about these yeah. words that you have no idea what That's they mean. That's not on my list. I just learned that one this week, actually. You did? Uh-huh. So what does that mean? Like That song slaps? Yeah. Uh, anything that's like, like <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I can't know. believe you just threw that out. That was hilarious. Um, it means basically like something's like really good or like yeah. it's done really well. Because we okay. can't say that, I guess. Instead, we have to say... That slaps. That slaps, which feels really weird. Yeah. Feels but a hey. little sus. <laughs> yeah. I you know, still don't even know what that know, means. That's the but, game. You know? It's valid. You're like, wow. Yeah. You're, you're actually taking this serious. Hey, I'm feeling... You're actually trying to learn these things, huh? I'm feeling savage today. Oh. That's all I know. What? I know. So, hey... Whenever I was younger, I know whenever I was in college, I lived with this older couple just for a semester. It was my last semester. And anyway, I would say all kinds of slang terms at that time. Okay. And it wasn't until about, I don't know, it's probably been five years ago. We went out to dinner. They came into town and (laughs) he said, he's like, wow, it's like nice. I mean, I haven't seen them in forever. Yeah. And he was like, it's nice to talk to you because I understand everything you're talking about. You used to use a whole nother language. And in that moment I thought, oh my goodness, now I am him (laughs) because my son has been saying random stuff like that. And you have no idea what it means. Yes. So the other day he said, that's so sus. And I thought, what in the world is that? And I asked him, and he, he told me shady or suspicious. Okay, and, it's a sus, suspicious. And I was like, oh, okay. That's sus. And he's used a few more words, like valid, which we know what valid means, but it's kind of different. It's kind of like um, high quality or like that's that's legit kind of. <laughs> like legit is just making us sound old, too. Yeah, or savage. I've, I've heard him say savage, too. And I'm just like, Wow. It's a whole other language. There is. And you're wondering, like, same thing last night when I was around a bunch of the junior hires. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Exactly. And I feel like we have a responsibility to know these words. (laughs) Because and just repeating them randomly only gets you eye rolls. I have learned that. That's true. If you can actually know how to use it. So, like, to your credit. Yeah. You knew what's sus. Okay. I think I'm assuming you used it. Yeah. And I'm probably, I don't. Well, I heard I him use it. Well, just now I kind of used it. I don't know if yeah. that was really fully correct. It but was savage. It, well, thank I you. <laughs> I'm 
That's Gucci. What? I don't know if I'm using that one right either. The funny thing about hearing Christy use these slang words is that some of those words are words that I use with my friends. So it's kind of funny hearing them from Christy. But I can also relate to Christy on this one because even my 13-year-old brother told me that I'm apparently too old to be using things like Gucci and fam. So best of luck, Christy. I'm here if you need to look less sus being savage. I know you can slay it, queen. Up next is one of the positive different stories. This one really got to me. All right, so this is pretty amazing. So Sylvia and her mom had gone to a concert. It's late. It's 11 o'clock. They're like, still hungry, though. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we can grab a bite to eat at one of those late night places. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling. Right? <laughs> just, just the word still hungry. <laughs> just perpetually live that way. Yeah. I get it. So, um, so they experience what most of us have. Shortages at restaurants. They walk in to go to actually their first place that they were thinking they'd go to, shut down. They just literally don't even have enough people to keep the doors open. Okay. Late at night. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, keep driving. And they find a Denny's. They're like, okay, it's open. Let's go do this. And they walk in. And they're greeted by a gentleman who's like, hope you got a lot of time because everybody's going to be here for a little while. Mm. They're like, well, what's going on? They're like, literally, there's only two employees. One waitress and one cook, and there are all these people oh my wanting to get a bite to eat. Because it's just shortages. They can get people to work. Yeah. Somehow the manager had bailed and wasn't around to help. I don't know what happened there. Mm-hmm. But they found out the gentleman they were talking to was actually just a customer that said, I'm jumping in to help. I'm helping seat people here. Wow. <laughs> no kidding. So they're like, okay, really? And he's like, yeah, we're all just doing what we can. See her over there? She has no idea what she's doing, but she's just helping me Oh, take my drinks. goodness. So Sylvia and her mom are like, well, we don't know what we're doing either, but we can help. So they go into the back. They find the cook, who's just a college student, just trying to make some money and overwork, you know, just. Yeah, stressing out, right. trying the to get all of these said, orders in. The waitress, tears. She's just so stressed out. And uh, they're like, hey, can, can we help? I'm like, why not? Wow. So for the next two and a half hours, they were the cook's assistants. People were coming in off the streets thinking they were coming in to eat and instead were helping bus tables clear. It became this whole like community effort to make sure these two college students weren't going to just sink that night. Oh my goodness, that is incredible. I've never heard of anything like that. Sylvia and her mom said at the end of their shift, (laughs) which was at about 3 a.m. when everybody decided we're just going to close this up, like we've done everything we can do for the night. She looked over and she said, my mom's eyes were filled with tears and soon mine were as well. It was at that moment that they had hit us of how much we take for granted and here were these two young adults just trying to do their job and our community jumped in to step in to help. Mm. I love, love, love this story. Yeah. Wow. If you have ever worked in the food industry, hearing this story may have made you tense up. At least it did for me because of hearing those two college students being the only ones working at the Denny's. I can't imagine the sheer panic, knowing that you're going to have to clean everything up and people are angry because their food isn't done. It must have been awful. 
And then for customers to volunteer to help them in their crisis, it blew me away. Because when do we see such generosity and compassion for one another? I hope stories like these inspire us to show God's love wherever we are at the moment he calls us. Because then we get testimonies like these, stories which make people's jaw drop and ask, how? Why? And that's when we tell them it was God who made it happen. Miracles, even strange as it sounds, can happen at Denny's. Christy had a special guest on her podcast recently, the artist Colton Dixon. You may know him from his new song, Build a Boat. Here's Mark and Christy sharing just a tiny bit of what Colton had to say on the podcast, The Brave Place. It's Colton Dixon, who is the guest on the new episode of Christie's The Brave Place podcast. It's out now. Mm-hmm. Um, here's just a little, another clip from the conversation. So much good stuff. Mm-hmm. God is always wanting to do a new thing, and mm-hmm. it can come from spending five minutes from him. Mm-hmm. I think he's really gracious mm-hmm. with our time. Um, yeah. We serve a really gracious God, and, mm-hmm. and he just wants to be a part of it. Whatever your life looks like, he wants to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And he wants you to make him a part of that. It's a relationship. Mm. Man. I I love that so much because just those words, God is really gracious, Mm -hmm. you know, with our time. um, Because we can't always give, you know, the one hour, two hours, sometimes because we don't even feel it. Right. But if we can just even give that five minutes Mm -hmm. and give him that opportunity to speak to us, he'll do it. Yeah. And and what I have found personally in my own life is if I do give that five minutes, even if I don't feel like it, if I do give that five minutes and he speaks to me, it builds my faith. And then later on I give even more time. It's so true. Uh, by the way, you can check out even more of this conversation so good. Christy sat down with Colton Dixon. Mm -hmm. It's the new episode of The Brave Place. It's available in the podcast section on the KLRC app, klrc.com as well, or where you get your podcasts. That's right. The moment I realized God was omnipresent was the moment I realized that I can talk to him wherever I am, like driving to work or walking in the park. Those five minutes, whenever you can make it happen, if it's all that we have to give, it's like the fish and the bread. God can multiply it to nourish our soul. Up next is Isaac from Middays. So Apple has a new software update that's out today that is a little bit cool because it's offering the ability to edit a text after you send it. You can go back and correct a typo or delete a message within a specific time window if you send it to the wrong person or maybe you had, like I said, a typo or you misspoke. I think this is an awesome new feature and boy, do I wish I had it for real life. Like when I was talking to someone in an in-person conversation, I wish sometimes I could just go back, you know, you know what? I didn't need to say that that way. Um, Let me just boop, delete those words from your memory and then let's restart. I need that more often than I want to admit. I disagree with you, Isaac, and many who are excited about this new Apple update. I think it's actually kind of scary that people can delete their texts. I know it's only for a certain window of time, but in my opinion, it takes away accountability. How many times are texts now used as evidence in court cases? I'm probably getting way too serious. I'm just uncomfortable with the whole thing. I think it's good practice to think before you speak. I know I don't do it all the time, but it is good practice, and that includes text. You know, if we think before we send a text, maybe we'll avoid embarrassing situations where we would have wanted to delete that text. Now, hopefully you already knew this, and if not, 
I'm really sorry to be the one to tell you, but Queen Elizabeth II died earlier this week. The whole UK and Commonwealth have been mourning the loss, and her oldest child is now King Charles III. Here's Isaac on some interesting notes about King Charles. So we have once again gotten a glimpse into the world of royalty. Much is being said online about the new King of England and uh, specifically people who have been serving the royal family. Uh, one person said that the new King Charles growing up had effectively everything done for him as a young prince is one to do. This person, Paul Burrell, served as butler to the Queen Elizabeth princess diana and revealed the precise dictations the king's staff are given to care for him such as ironing his shoelaces and putting toothpaste on his toothbrush this is very interesting he said his pajamas are pressed every morning his shoelaces are pressed flat with an iron don't you hate when your shoelaces are um, wrinkly that's it annoys me all the time i get it the water for his bath has to be just tepid and he even has his valet squeeze one inch of toothpaste onto his toothbrush very particular um i guess that that comes with having things like this and having the ability to say exactly how you like things done i like my coffee a certain way but i'm not that fussy over it right like it's okay if it's a little bit off <laughs> but it had me thinking how would i be covered if i were king because my logic is this is mostly a tradition right and those valets those people there are gonna be there right? You can't just kind of dismiss hundreds and hundreds of years of tradition. So I would have my valets like play basketball with me, but then how would they cover that? That's like, yes, King Isaac loves to play pickup basketball, makes his staff play with him every day at three, and then he makes them play video games with him at 4.30. What an irresponsible young man. Like, I mean, it's it, you probably are going to have people think you're crazy for having valets regardless, right? I mean, that's just, yeah. It is an interesting thought experiment. What would you do if you had all these valets and butlers and you can't fire them? What would you make them do? In my case, I'd probably make them help me make movies. A very interesting form of film crew. Here's Robert, also from Middays, sharing some inspirational faith. So who's someone in your life that inspires you? I'm Robert on 90.9 KLRC, and I've got a buddy. His name is Jonathan. He's a pastor in California, and his faith inspires me. He learned it from his grandmother, and he shares all these stories. And one thing he says that always just, man, it just rocks me. He says, if God never did another good thing for me in my life, what he's already done, what Jesus has already done, is more than enough for me to keep on believing. I can agree with that statement. Even if God never did another good thing for me again, I have already been saved from so much destruction in my life. I count my blessings every single day. God is so good all the time, and I praise him for he continues to do good things. Even if our birthday plans get hijacked by a bear, for example, at least then we have a good story to tell. That's what happened to a two-year-old's birthday party. Here's Robert with the story. 
How's it going? My name's Robert, and talk about your most memorable birthday party ever. I was reading about Ralph and Laura Magidian, and they live in Connecticut. They were hosting a birthday party for their two-year-old son, Cyrus, outside, all their friends and family just hanging out, and then they heard something rustling in the woods. <laughs> and they look over, and here's a big old black bear coming to join the party. Well, everybody flees inside, <laughs> and this bear comes up and says, oh, cupcakes, and just starts eating all the cupcakes. Now, everybody's filming this on their phones, so I'm guessing that for them, this actually is pretty fun. I just know that that little boy probably only wanted a teddy bear, not a real one. Depending on the two-year-old, they're either terrified of the bear or really excited about the bear. But either way, they probably won't remember it. But what a story they'll grow up hearing from mom and dad about how the bear crashed his party. Glad nobody was hurt, Besides the bear probably from eating all those cupcakes, I imagine he got a tummy ache. Speaking of eating and expectations, here's Anson with a story about his kids and tacos. Kara, have you ever found yourself in the position where you're really, really looking forward to something and then finally the moment arrives? Yes. And it's a bit of a letdown. Oh. Yeah, that's always sad. It is, isn't it? Did this happen to you? Well, over the weekend, we went to a really fun event called the Tour de Tacos. Yeah. Right? It's uh, an event that takes place here in Northwest Arkansas, benefits Dress for Success Northwest Arkansas. And basically, it's a, a casual bike ride uh-huh. where you get to eat tacos oh. at various points along the bike ride. I like the sound of that. So did our family. <laughs> so we went and we did this thing, and we did the short version, like a seven-mile version, because we had all of our kids yeah, yeah. Bikes with us. And, you know, a couple miles into the ride, my kids, they're starting to get a little bit worn out, uh-huh. a little thirsty, a little hungry. And we were telling them, <laughs> don't worry, the taco stand is right up ahead, it's right? It's coming. It's right around the corner. We're almost there. You get over this next hill and around Yay. that next bend, and you're going to find tacos, oh, right? Man. So we get over the hill. We get around the next bend. Uh-huh. No tacos. No tacos! And I could just feel the tension rising a little bit with our kids <laughs> as they, like, looked around. Where are the tacos? see any tacos <laughs> and then finally uh, some very nice people nearby us said oh actually you just gotta go around the turnaround here and then like another mile or so farther and then you'll be at oh, the tacos whew. and okay. that worked out All right, everything was fine it really was a fantastic event oh yeah it was really fun really great oh. but yeah when you're told that there are gonna be tacos <laughs> at a spot and then there aren't yeah and you're like seven, Woo. eight, nine, ten years old that's dangerous whew, yeah I was really worried Anson's kids were going to revolt and they were going to have to turn around defeated and taco-less. I'm so relieved that there were tacos because angry, hungry kids are scary. Up next is Kara and a new world record. All right, here we go. Story about another person running a lot and uh, getting a world record for it. Wow, okay. <laughs> so many people who run and get world records. Uh, this... <laughs> I mean, I feel like I run. You do. I've never set a world record, Well, though. part of it is you got to, like, combine running with something unique uh, okay. to get a world gotcha, record. Gotcha. This particular one is pretty unique, and yeah. I don't think you could do this one. Chad Kempel participated in a half marathon pushing his quintuplets in a stroller. Whoa, quintuplets? That's five, right? I think so. Yeah. He set the world record for that completely. Completed it in two hours, 19 minutes, and 54 seconds. I mean, just pushing five kids in a stroller uh, anywhere. That's what I'm is thinking. I mean, uh, here's here's the thing though. Just once, I would like to see someone setting a world record for, I don't know, like napping? Why is it always <laughs> gotta be like running? Yeah, fair point. 
So it turns out there isn't a world record for naps because it's actually really hard to tell the difference between a long nap or a coma. So I don't think that's a competition you want to win, Kara. Thank you so much for listening to this week's wrap up. Join me next week as we catch up on things you might have missed during the week. Until then, have a great weekend.